majority of bicycle deaths are due to head injuries. Helmets reduce the odds of a head injury by 50%. Don't be a dummy, wear a helmet. Welcome to Agree to Disagree on BIC Radio at Ithaca College. On this show, we will debate all things sports, and sometimes we'll agree, and other times we won't. My name is Noah Schwartz, and I'm here alongside Jack Asello, Dean Gutik, and Aiden Chard. Now let's get this show on the road. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Agree to Disagree. I'm your host, Jack Asello. With me, as always, Dean Gutik, Aiden Chard, and Noah Schwartz. How are we doing today, boys? All good, all good. How about you guys? Not bad. Yes, this is our first show back in a couple of weeks. So we are excited to get things going. We're going to talk MLB postseason. We're going to talk NBA, the start of the season, and the 75th anniversary team, as well as we are going to talk some NFL and a little bit of fantasy football. All right, let's get right into it with the MLB postseason. We'll start with the game last night as the Astros and the Red Sox played in Game 6 of the ALCS. The Astros won 5 to nothing and advanced to the World Series for the third time in five years. What did you guys think of this game? Aiden, I'm going to start with you, obviously. I'm yeah. sure you're pretty upset <laughs> after the Red Sox lost, but what are your um, thoughts? It's a lot of mixed feelings. I mean, I can go, I can and will, if you guys want me to, go deep into this Red Sox season, but I won't right now, probably. Um, I think this season gave us everything we asked for as a Red Sox fan um, by by basically every metric or by every source we were projected to be fourth, maybe third in the division, miss out on the playoffs, be a 90-loss team, whatever. We ended up not just making the playoffs. We knocked out the Yankees in the wild card game. We knocked out uh, the number one seed in the Tampa Bay Rays. So that was everything I needed as a fan, and it was an incredible season. This was supposed to be a rebuild year. We had the fourth overall pick in the draft. Um, and, you know, the way this team performed with a lot of role players, I'm super impressed. It's it's hard to see your team, you know, lose the last game of the season always, right? You never want to see that. But I, I, I'm filled with a lot of hope, and genuinely, I say this sincerely, this is the most hope I felt at the end of a Red Sox season in a long time. Even after that 2018 World Series win, there was still all the talks about, oh, what's going to happen with Mookie? We weren't 100% sure if he was going to stay around. He didn't. Obviously, the last two seasons were pretty difficult. Um, so it's been it's been a, a very good year. I'm very hopeful for next year. I'm excited to see what Heimblum does with the team, um, with the role players, I hope. You know, there's a lot of players that they still have a chance to bring back. It's going to be interesting. And honestly, the the Astros played their hearts out this season. Um, I think we all kind of feel the same about the Astros in that they they cheated. They they were bad in 2017. What they did was wrong. But I think we've now gotten to the point where we have to say, so what? They're still a good team. It's still very clear that they're a good team. We can get we can debate this in, again in a minute, but that's that's my take on this series. It's sad, but congratulations to the Astros. Best of luck. Yeah, I'm right with you, Aiden. I think everything that the Red Sox did this season was essentially gravy. I think this year was pretty much for them to just see what they had in some of their younger players, figure out who was going to be some of the cornerstones of this team, and if they won games, they won games. If they didn't, they didn't. They ended up going all the way two games away from the World Series. So it was extremely impressive, and I think you got to be really happy as a Red Sox fan just to see an executive like Bloom in that position. 
because you know he can put something together out of what seems like nothing. And that's a really good sign. That's what I think every baseball executive should strive to be. If you have a lot of money, that's great. You can spend it. If you don't, you can put something that works on the field regardless. So I think that's a huge uh, an asset to have in your front office. But you know, for the Astros, and I, I want to see what you guys think on this, to me, now that they're in the World Series and they have a chance to win it, I think a lot of fans will start to forgive and forget about what happened back in those other years because now it's like, okay, they did this in a legit way. They got to the World Series. This was probably their least talented team that got to the World Series of the three that have been there. I mean, this one didn't have Cole, didn't have George Springer. Like, they had less assets here than they did previously, and they still made it to the World Series. So I think especially if they win it, a lot of people are going to start to realize, like, oh, my God, this team really was a dynasty, and even though they cheated, which was obviously horrendous and terrible, it's still we still know that they're really great, and they proved it in multiple ways in this series. I mean, first of all, I want to say, uh, Aiden, I'm sorry for your loss, but you had a successful year. The fact that you were expected, and you told me a sports show, to be fourth or even third in the division, and you make it to the ALCS in a rebuilding year is a massive W itself. Um, and I know I, I, you could compare this to the Jacksonville Jaguars when they were supposed to be really bad, then they made the AFC Championship game. Um now for the Astros, I wouldn't say fans would forget or forgive. There's still going to be a decent amount of people that will still dislike the Astros. But Yankees now, fans especially, and Dodgers. Yeah, definitely the Dodgers and Yankees. However, I think for me now, it's like, all right, you got to give these guys their credit, whether you like it or not, or like them or not. Uh, they made the World Series again. They did what they had to do. They beat the White Sox. They beat the Red Sox. They beat both Sox, uh, colored Sox, honestly. Um they did their thing. Jordan Alvarez looked good. Correa looked good. Correa is definitely going to be Jordan, looking to get paid. Jordan Alvarez, what an incredible series by him. I just want to say that. That was, wow. He, he especially in those last three games, he put the team on his back in games where hitting, you know, until the last two innings of all of those last three games, hitting without a premium, and he just raked. He hit, he hit over 500 in the series. It was 529, highest ever, so... Congratulations. And much-deserved MVP. Absolutely. Uh, Correa looked good. Correa is definitely going to get paid this offseason. Correa is – I'm sure you guys saw after the game where uh, uh, Poppy Ortiz took out the briefcase and uh, threw all the money at Correa. That's exactly what's going to happen this offseason. But, yeah, props to the Astros. They did great. Garcia looked amazing yesterday through five innings. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, hey, props to them. They're back in the World Series. They, they they did their job, and now tonight they'll we'll potentially see who they face or if it goes to seven. Yeah, so great. it was a great series by both teams, and Aiden and I agree with what you said. This Red Sox team has a lot of potential going forward. I think their biggest weakness is probably pitching, and there's going to be some good guys on the market this offseason, and Max Scherzer, Granke, Marcus Stroman. You have an option to bring another elite guy in. Well, now they can spend because now they know they can win. Now it's like, all right, let's spend some money and let's get this payroll back to what the Red Sox are supposed to have. Facts. I, I, do, I do think also a little bit more important than starting pitching, to me at least, is, is bullpen help. I think the Red Sox, y- you still have Sale. You have Eovaldi locked down. Pavetta's going to stay with the team. So that's three guys who pitched phenomenally most of the season. Uh, well, I guess not really Sale, but for most of his season, pitched very well. And then uh, you have Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock both out of the bullpen who could start next season if need be. There's Connor Siebold uh, in AAA 
who who is a possibility. I think there's a serviceable starting pitching right now. I'm I'm I'd love to get a guy like like Stroman or Scherzer or something like that. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. It'd be perfect to have on the team. But uh, I I I think bullpen help is really what's going to need. I mean, you have to look at the games, the, the last three games in this series. I mean, um, game game f- five, yeah, game five. Sox were up two one in the eighth. Ended up losing the game nine to two. You know, last night Sox were down two nothing in the in the ninth. Let up a three run homer to Kyle Tucker of all guys, guy who bats without batting gloves. Um, <laughs> They, lost, had, Evan, they, had, they had Evan Gaddis though, so yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's I, I I would be more inclined to lean at bullpen help, but we also just have to get the bats stop the bats from being silent. That's it happened. It happened in stretches this season. That's why this team wasn't a division winning team. They could have been, uh, but there were just stretches where they would go where they couldn't hit to save their lives. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next game we got. Let's go to the Dodgers and the Braves. The Braves are up 3-2 to two in this series. The Dodgers, they stayed alive the other night and forced Game 6. They will try to force Game 7 tonight. Originally, Max Scherzer was supposed to be on the mound for Game 6 tonight, but he is now off of it, and the Dodgers starter is undecided. If they are able to win and force Game 7, Walker Bueller will be on the mound for the Dodgers, and be cautious. He he might pitch tonight. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if they decided to put to put him in there because look, you have to win Game Six to get to Game Seven. They already won a clinching game with a bullpen game, and Corey Knebel started in the last series, Game Five. So potentially, you throw Bueller out there tonight. You try and win this game against Ian Anderson, and then you just worry about Game Seven when you get there. That that's what I would do, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and it's kind of impressive. Well. It's sad at the same time. The Dodgers, they're without a lot of injuries. No Clayton Kershaw, no Max Muncy, Justin Turner is gone, no Joe, no Joe Kelly, and now no Scherzer. So it is interesting to see how they can survive. And it's kind of surprising that the Dodgers are in this situation. When you think about it, the Dodgers were supposed to, they were projected, I think, to win at least 110 games, win their division, and get to the World Series pretty easily. They didn't win their division, and now they're facing elimination. Well, this is the second straight year they've been down 3-1 to the Braves, right? So we know that they can do it. They did it last year. They got to the World Series and won it. The only difference this time is the Game 6 and 7 are in Atlanta rather than being in L.A. So that's obviously a massive key here. Can they win on the road? I'm not sure, but look, it's hard to bet against the Dodgers, right? And like I, I can see you kind of nodding your head here. It's hard to bet against the Dodgers. This is the most talented team in baseball. They have the most money on their payroll in baseball. They're hard to bet against. But this Atlanta Braves team feels kind of like a team of destiny in a lot of ways. Losing Acuna, adding all these sort of uh, non-household names at the trade deadline and still winning games and getting into first place in in August and kind of staying there the entire way. And now they're here a game away from the World Series. They feel in a way like a team of destiny, but at the same time, we know how good the Dodgers are. I I also think the the, the not starting Scherzer, I think, you know, it might be a, a safety move. But it, it 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 shows a little bit of arrogance, I think, by the Dodgers to kind of say, you know, they're 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 resting him because of arm fatigue, which is valid. You don't want to you don't want to injure a guy. You don't want to pitch a guy, especially before a contract year. That's a terrible thing to do. If he were to get injured right now, like that ruins his career or that ends his career. Um, but it is a little bit of arrogance to maybe say, hey, we have this ace like one of the best pitchers in the league that we could pitch right now, and we're going to choose not to because we think we're going to need him more later. 
and I think that might light a fire under the Braves. The Braves have been hot at home. Two walk-offs in those first two games. That's, you know, pretty much unheard of. I I like the Braves' odds in this game because I think that they, they know what's been said about them. They know the storyline of this game. They know what happened last season. They know the, the jokes about the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia when it comes to big games. I have a hard time believing the Braves are not going to be able to make it to the World Series. I mean, first of all, this is Atlanta's chance. Um, I hope that they don't <laughs> blow a 3-1 lead like they did last time. If they do it again, then the state, the city of Atlanta is cursed, let alone the whole state of Georgia. Um, I mean, this is the Braves' chance. You mentioned, Aiden, they, uh, the Dodgers scratching Scherzer, which I understand. But um, if you're the Braves, this is your chance to capitalize right here. You're up 3-2. You're back home. There's magic in that ballpark. There is a ton of magic in that ballpark. Uh, they, I mean, listen, game four, they walked it off against the Brewers, or they had to go ahead and run the eighth, correct me if I'm mistaken. Uh, Dodgers, games one and two, back-to-back walk-offs. They, there is magic in Atlanta. Um, hopefully that magic uh, stays. I mean, it's just amazing, though, what the Braves have done to get to this point. They had Acuna, who was hurt. Uh, Soroka, I believe, was also hurt. I, I I don't think any of us here expected Atlanta even be in this position by any means whatsoever. Uh, so, I mean, if Atlanta loses, I'm not going to say that they've had a bad year, but at the same time, when you're up 3-1 in a series, you you have expectations, and you it's all about closing out a series. So this is, the, this is a huge chance for the Atlanta Braves. This is just a quick question, and it might be jumping the gun, but suppose Atlanta wins tonight. Suppose the series is over after tonight. Who's, who's the uh, NLCS MVP? I'm... I think Jock Peterson. He was yeah, really good. I'll give it to Peterson. Peterson. I, or, or Freeman. He, he's come on the last couple of games, but I think I would lean Peterson. I, I was going to say Freeman, but I, I do agree with uh, Jock Peterson as well. The other one, maybe Eddie Rosario. He hit two homers in the last game. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah. I mean, this would be a fun one tonight. And it, it is sad. I, I want to just mention the Scherzer thing for one more, one more second here. You know, I'm not a fan of using guys out of their normal roles within a pitching staff unless you absolutely have to. And I agreed with Dave Roberts' decision to start or to pitch Scherzer in that ninth inning of the last series in Game Five because they needed him in that spot. But it's been a thing around baseball in this postseason to pitch your starters in random games in relief. I mean, Aiden, your team did it with Evaldi, uh, the Dodgers did it with Urias, and I feel like a lot of the, those teams are kind of paying for it now, where they use guys in roles they're not comfortable with. They took guys out of their rhythm, and here they are dealing with arm fatigue. Urias got roughed up in his last start. So I feel like in a lot of ways that was a bad decision on a lot of the part of a lot of these managers, and maybe we'll see if, if it changes, if, if that's something that we sort of see differently in the World Series. But I was not a fan of some of those decisions, and uh, you know maybe they change now. But it looks like Scherzer won't pitch tonight, and I'm not sure if that relief appearance had, to do, had a lot to do with it. Yeah, so it should be interesting to see how the Dodgers and the Braves ends and who will make it to the World Series to face the Houston Astros. We'll find out. Soon enough. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk some NBA. So, obviously, the NBA started this past week. Opening night was the Bucks, Bucks versus the Nets, Lakers-Warriors, and we've had plenty of games since then. So, my first, I'll start with Noah on this one. What have you thought of the NBA season so far, and how do you like it? And who do you think is—and I know it's early, but who do you think—has any team surprised you? Has any team disappointed you? Uh, I mean, the season's been fun so far. I mean, there's been some excellent games. I know Wednesday's game between 
the Knicks and Celtics, Aiden, was a classic. Jack was watching it with me. That was phenomenal. Double overtime win for the Knicks. Um, both Brooklyn games have been very enticing. I mean, they played Milwaukee. The Philly game last night was pretty fun. Obviously, the Lakers are, are a team that everyone wants to watch. But there's been great games across the league. I mean, Atlanta, Dallas was really telling the other night uh, with Jason Kidd's first game as head coach. So I've been really excited by it. Uh, the one team, if you're going to ask me just right on the spot who I've been impressed with, I would have to go with Chicago, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, they're 2-0. They, they, I know the teams they've beaten aren't really all that great. I mean, they beat a Zionless Pelicans team and a terrible Pistons team. But Zach Levine's been awesome in the first two games. Lonzo Ball had a triple-double last night in his second game as a Bull. So they just look like they're having a lot of fun out there, and the chemistry seems to be working early in the season. So I would have to lean Chicago, but there's been a lot of teams around the league who have uh, definitely surprised me or, or, or looked pretty good early in the in the first couple games. I like it, Dean. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, listen, I'm happy basketball's back. Um, there's been a lot of great games. Uh, Thursday's games were great, uh, especially the 10:30 game. Even though the ending was not the best ending, unfortunately, the Clippers Warriors game. I thought I thought that was a great game, back to back, both ways. Uh, Curry looked great. Paul George looked great. That I felt like that was a game right there where the stars really came out. The Brooklyn game last night was great. I'm going to have to agree with you, Noah. Chicago's really impressed me, too. I mean, like you say, yes, they played uh, two teams that are, I mean, not, I mean, not playoff teams. I'll just say that. But the Bulls' chemistry looks like it's going to work. I like, first of all, the Vooch trade looks great from last year. I think the, the anytime you have a big man to go with a guard, especially with someone like Lonzo or Levine, it usually works. And right here it's going to work. DeRozan looks like he's going to be a great fit with this team. I like Patrick Williams' potential. Um, this is a Bulls team that could definitely be a top four, top five team in the East. Uh, Phil, watching Philly last night, too, was interesting, especially without Ben Simmons and everything that's been surrounding him. Uh it's been interesting to watch Sixers, too, especially the first game. Uh, I think they played the Pelicans, correct me if I'm wrong, and they were chanting, where's Ben Simmons? Yep. Which, I mean, hey, that's what they're going to get every time. But, I mean, I just feel like the Sixers, though, play better with Embiid and without Simmons than they do with both of them on the floor. Last year they were 35-7 and seven with Ben and Joel out there. They, they're not better. Um, however, let me just say this I'm about saying in terms of, like, chemistry. Fine, I'll give you that. I will say this, though. This Simmons thing is changing by the day. Yesterday it was, oh, we kind of had his peacemaking and, you know, Ben's our brother and we're going to with it. And the day before it was Embiid saying, oh, I don't really care about this guy anymore. He does whatever he wants. So this whole thing is just a crazy situation. And I am so intrigued by where it, by where it finishes. I mean, of course, you have all these different rumors and is Daryl Morey going to end up moving him or is he not and all this stuff. But I just love the fact that we have so much drama in the NBA. It's 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 such a it's such a soap opera, and this first week has lived up to the to its billing. I think. Yeah, I I agree. I'm 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 so confused about where this whole saga is going to go, but you know we'll we'll see as the season goes on. Uh, want me to give my team that I'm so- shocked at? Yeah. yeah. All right. I just want to make sure we're still doing that. Um, Dean Dean, you might be disappointed in this one, but I am going to go with the Warriors, and I am going to say this oh, as a boy. big credit to the Clippers. Because I think the Clippers played a phenomenal game against them. I mean, Paul George had a great game, 29 points, 11 rebounds. Like, a, a, a great game all around by the Clippers. And the Warriors just edged them out a little bit. This is a Warriors team that, yes, they do still have MVP-level Steph Curry, possible MVP-level Clay Thompson. Like, this team should not have been as bad as they were the past couple of years. But to see them look like they're returning to form, they beat both LA teams, two playoff teams in a row to open the season. 
that's a really, really good start for a team that has had their issues recently. So I'm 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 excited to see maybe the Warriors are gonna hopefully not bring back the dynasty that they had for a couple of seasons there. But I do think they're going to be a team to uh contend this semester. Uh semester. Season. <laughs> Still in the college. School <laughs> yeah. Before I move on quickly, yeah, I'll give my team that's surprising. Noah, I think you're gonna like this. They've impressed me. I'm gonna go with the Washington Wizards. Thank you. Noah out of all of us was very high on the Wizards and they are they are a team that does have that does have a nice group of talent. They won they beat the Pacers without without Bradley Beal, Spencer Dimwitty, thirty four points, nine assists, Kuzma twenty six and eleven. And they have good guys on the bench. Harrell's on the bench, Evita is on the bench, Davis Bertans is on the bench, Hachimura didn't even play. This they still they have KCP. The I mean the Lakers throwaways are looking nice here. So they're one of the deepest teams in the league. I told you. Guys yeah. So they look. They've looked impressive. They shot the ball fifty percent from three the other night. So they're looking nice, and I think they could compete for a play-in spot. I don't think they have any chance to get into the playoffs by without the play-in, but I think they can definitely compete for a play-in spot. All right. Let's talk the seventy-fifth team. Yes. So as the NBA seventy-fifth season has started, the NBA came out with a special NBA seventy-fifth anniversary team. Where they pick seventy five, where the media votes on who they think are the seventy five, seventy six, Jack, seventy five greatest players. However, there is seventy six players <laughs> on this team due to the fact that two players tied with the amount of votes they got, so they didn't make a tiebreaker. And there are seventy six players on a seventy five man team. There's plenty of current players on this team, such as LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. There's some early young guys like Giannis and Dame Lillard and Anthony Davis, and of course there's a lot of lots of old school guys, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Elijah Wan, and pl- uh, Bill Russell, plenty of guys from the 60s and 70s. A lot of, what did you guys think of the list, and who do you think were some big snubs? Noah, I'm going to start with you. Alright, I, I thought they nailed it in large part, but I think there was one area that they really screwed up here. This list is completely separate from the 50th anniversary list they did in 96-97, and that was a 50-man team back then. I don't think the voters had to stick so tightly to the 50 that had already made it. It's a separate entity, and they should have tried to make this list as current as possible. Everybody knows that the players from now are just better than the ones that played 50, 60 years ago, and there's no reason to stick so hard to tradition and keep those guys on there. I would have leaned much heavier towards the younger guys, the players from the last, let's say, 20 or 25 years. To me, Tony Parker was an obvious one you should have put on. Dwight Howard was the most glaring uh, omission to me. Uh, Manu Ginobili, Tracy McGrady, these were all guys I would have put on the team. And I thought some of the guys from the 60s and 70s, who were great players back then, but nowadays you look at the skill level and the talent in this league, and it's like, okay, these guys don't clearly match up. I would have thrown more of the the more current guys on the team, personally. I, I just personally, I don't agree with the argument that players today are better than players 75 years ago or whatever. I mean, in, in ways, yes, you know, Steph Curry is going to be able to shoot a, a deeper ball than Bill Russell, but, you know, Bill Russell played in a different era. You got you got all these big guys, and I know Bill Russell's not one of the guys being debated, really. But, no, not at all. Uh, you got, you got a, he's just the one that I know off the top of my head. Um, you, you got a lot of guys from the, the first you know, 30 or so seasons of the NBA um, that by today's metrics, by today's standards, are not great players. But when the game was played, you have to take that into account. We thought we had this whole debate, too, with the NFL 100 team. Um, 
you know, there were a lot of quarterbacks. I'm still I'm still mad that Bree, Drew Brees didn't make that team. Um, but you, you had a lot of NFL quarterbacks who, you know, threw for like 2,000 yards in a season. That was their best season making it. Yeah, and because that was the game at the time. Exactly. You have yeah. to you have to take into account that when some of these guys played, you know, scoring 15 points and having 80 rebounds was the the metric of a great game, not scoring, you know, 75 in a game, right? So I I do agree there there are a couple of guys uh newer guys in the past 25 years that definitely were snubbed, but I can't disagree with a lot of the guys that were put on the list. I don't know enough about basketball, but I I I I would say I probably recognize about 70% of the players, 75% of the players on this list and I can't disagree. I can't specifically say any of them don't deserve to be on it. Yeah, I agree. Um there's many players like Dwight Howard that's been left off. Even Clay Thompson who made a post the other night saying that he was pissed off, he will he woke up he wasn't on the 75 list. I don't disagree with the 75 list. I actually do. Sorry, 76, 76, not 76 or 76. I don't disagree with the 76 list. However, I do believe there were a lot of guys that were left off. Uh, I was surprised, I really was really surprised Dwight Howard was left off too. Personally, uh, a guy like that should have been on the list. Um, Little this one may be a little bit of a reach. Derek Rose. No, I love Derek Rose. I can see it. Th- thank you. I could. I wouldn't put him on, but I could see it. It's like I saw that debate, like Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway could. Like I always say this, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to dis- disrespect Derek Rose. I love Derek Rose. Derek Rose and Penny Hardaway, if they both didn't get injured, are probably top five point guards of all time. But that's that's what it could have been. It's not what is. So, Dean, so, are you are you leaning with me like more towards the younger players, the more current guys, or are you? I don't think players okay with tradition. It's a mix of both. I'm not. I don't mind tradition. Um, I'm not saying players then are worse than the players now. I'm not saying either. Or I'm not trying to compare. But I do think, at the same time, besides tradition, that m- more modern players should be included in this list. And there is a handful of them that you've mentioned that I've mentioned that were left out. Uh, you mentioned, like I said, you mentioned Dwight. I mentioned Clay Thompson. I still think Clay Thompson should have been on top uh, at seventy six, and I do think he absolutely got snubbed. Uh, it's so, just yeah. hard taking somebody off. It's but, like, but, but, put somebody but, on but that's a, somebody that's the thing. Any list is <clears throat> hard to create. Like NFL top one hundred, NHL top one hundred, the seventy five list. It is hard to replace a player and make a new list. It's like yes, we're all going to disagree with a certain list. No list is perfect. Everyone's going to have their own preference, but. It is hard to replace or debate someone. Yeah, and I agree. I agree, though, with one thing. I do <laughs> agree they should have had more younger players because I don't like that every single guy from the 50th anniversary team is on there because I kind of think it also makes it look like the game is not evolving at the same time. Well, to me, it's a separate entity. Like, that 50 list was the 50 greatest players at that point in the league, and those guys should be honored just the same as all the guys on this list. But you don't have to put them on both. If you're on one, not the other, that's still a great honor. If you're on both and you know that's what they voted you on, then that's also still an honor. If you're just on the new list and you're not on the old list, that's still fine. There's, there's really no difference to me, but we should have separated it more. And I think the NBA should have emphasized to those voters, hey, listen, we're not so strict on who was on the last time. Like We want you guys to lean younger if you think that's the right way to go, and we don't have to you know, stick to what we had back in the, in, in the 90s. So that's, that's what I would have said. But. Yeah, I agree. So, 
The list list is a bit controversial. There's a couple names that were left off, uh, so I'll go around saying it again, just quickly to recap. Who for who's everyone's biggest snub for me? For me, it's probably Dwight Howard. I thought Dwight Howard, eight-time All-Star, three-time Defense Player of the Year. He led a team to the finals. I thought he beat he LeBron sh- on that playoff run. People don't even remember that. Yeah, he did beat LeBron on that playoff run. So I give my th- I give it to Dwight Howard. Noah, I'll go different than you. I will say Tony Parker. I think if you are the second best player on the longest running dynasty in NBA history, you deserve to be a top seventy-five player ever. We put Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman on the team for their roles as secondary characters in a dynasty. We put James Worthy on as he was a secondary character in a dynasty. Why would you not put Tony Parker on? And for that matter, Manu Ginobili uh, as well. Both of those guys, again, played 15-plus years with the Spurs, won championships. Tony won three, Manu won four. Or, uh, sorry, the other way around. Tony won four, Manu won three. And they just deserve to be on there. So I, w- I would have both of those guys as top 75 players ever. Dean, who you got? Uh, I did say Clay Thompson before, but I'm going to go with someone a little... <clears throat> different this time. Someone who is definitely who hasn't really been talked about on the show. Pal Gasol. Um, Ooh, I, I, I listen, like that one. I love. I listen. I love Pal. I don't like the Lakers, yeah. but I love Pal Gasol. Yeah, I like that. Uh, someone who obviously you know a lot of people. When you think of the Lakers team, especially in the 2010s, a team that won, you think of mainly one guy, and that's Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, there's also another guy's name is Pal Gasol. Pal Gasol. Uh, was a huge part, a, a critical part of that Lakers team, too. I think as a guy who's been a little disrespected time and time, I think that's someone that's definitely top 75 all time. Um, I, I'm just a little surprised to see Pau Gasol not on there, and even Clay Thompson, too. Besides Steph Curry, uh, I mean, obviously Steph Curry's on the list, but I was surprised to also see not Clay on there because Clay also played a, a critical part in that dynasty, obviously, yeah. them adding Kevin Durant was the cherry on top, but... Outside of Kevin Durant, there was the original Splash Brothers, and Clay Thompson was definitely a huge critical part of that team. And even his defense, he was a very good defender. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say Clay Thompson, but outside of Clay, I'm going to go Pau Gasol. I, I think it's obvious. I mean, they, they left the greatest basketball player of all time, Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Ball. <laughs> what about Bismack Biombo? <laughs> no, um, I, I, I feel like I, I can't disagree with any of the three that were said. Those, those probably are the three biggest snubs in my book. I, I think. I'm. I know more about the new, new NBA and modern NBA players than anything else. So I would go with Clay Thompson just because that's the guy that I know best. But yeah, there's there are a bunch of snubs definitely. Yeah, and Tracy McGrady would be my second guy. He would be the one other person. Yeah. So. Also Vince Carter. But again, it's twenty always, years. These lists are always flawed. Like you said, it, Dean. They're never going to be perfect, and you just got to deal with it as it is. But this was a lot of fun, and I'm going to say at some point I'm going to make my own top seventy-five list, and maybe I'll share some of it on the show. I'm going to do it at some point this season, though, because I feel like it's it would be a fun list to make for myself. Yeah, sure. Let that sounds interesting. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk some fantasy football as well as preview some of the NFL games coming up this weekend. So stay with us. Missed that last song? Want to check out our music blog? Well, then log on to www.vicradio.org. See our daily schedule, take a look at our wide selection of specialty programming, and learn more about our annual 50-hour marathon. That's vicradio.org, your online home for the best of what's next. I'm getting a catcher's mitt. I'm getting ice skates. I'm getting a jigsaw puzzle. I'm getting dying coral reefs. A blue bicycle. A walkie-talkie. I'm getting a severe drought. Cool block skateboard. I'm getting melted ice caps. A killer heat wave. A shrinking glacier. I'm getting a devastating flood. Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming. But it's not too late. 
we can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Agree to Disagree. Jack Asello, Aiden Chard, and Noah Schwartz. We are going to do a— And Dean. Did you forget about—are you kidding me? I'm trying to fix my mask. All right, guys. I'll see you later. Anyway, (laughs) I'm trying to fix my mask. Anyway, we're going to talk some fantasy football. We're going to talk some fantasy football. We're going to do a little bit something different here. We're going to do a stardom sit-em. I am going to give my three co-hosts a a player. They will debate quickly if that person should start or they would sit them if they had them in their lineup. Hold on, Jack. Hold on. I deserve some credit— when you were at that wedding two weeks ago, let's, let's remember this, guys. Noah, you deserve points for this more than I he do. does. I do. So I picked Miles Gaskin for Jack No, in our last uh, stardom sit of a couple weeks ago right. at running back. And the reason was because Jack was at a wedding and forgot to text me who his player was going to be. So I said, Jack has Miles Gaskin on his fantasy team. And every week, all I hear in our dorm room is, oh, my God, Miles Gaskin's terrible. Oh, my God, he never gets the ball. So I said, you know what? I'm going to pick Miles Gaskin for Jack and hope he does terrible. Well, what what do you know? Miles Gaskin My- had two touchdowns that week and had a massive game and ended up winning this competition. So I deserve some points. So well, thank you very well, much. According to my score sheet, I'm I- going to give the point to Noah after further review. No, no, no. Absolutely. First of all, I know he's probably not, but I'm sure Miles Gaskin tuned, tuned into this show and probably took it personal hearing that you dislike him just to go off in yeah. fantasy. He got so. 31 on my bench. So yeah, you're welcome, Jack. You benched, so I'm gonna you take benched him. Well, we'll each get a win. I'll say that. Fine. We'll each what? get the dub. You benched him. Well, <laughs> I didn't know that. All right. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to do a stardom sit-em. So I'm going to give my three co-hosts a player. They will give a quick a quick bol- couple bullets on them, and we will see if they agree or disagree with that person. So let's get started. Dean, I'll start with you on this one. So this player, he he's wide receiver. He deb- he made his debut last week with four catches and twenty nine yards. The question is, will he be able to build on that this week? Are you starting or sitting Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens? Man, I mean, I'm really big on Rashad Bateman. I liked him coming out of the draft. Um, the Ravens will go up against the Bengals this week, correct? Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Um, here's the thing. I mean, the char they beat the Chargers. I'm man, I'm gonna go sit him. I like Rashad Bateman, but right now, um, Hollywood's number one guy. Hollywood Browns looked pretty good this year. Um, and Andrews is killing it. And Andrews is unbelievable. Andrews, here's the thing: at the start of the year, Andrews like a little no, not not like bad or anything, but just a little slow. And now he's picking it up, especially that Monday night game against Indianapolis. Even though Lamar had a great game, Andrews played a crucial part in that game too. Uh, Andrews is picking up. I think now with you know Andrews and Hollywood Brown looking really good this year, I don't think Bateman's going to get as much touches. I do think though. This, I mean, let's say Andrews or Brown goes into double coverage. I do think though this could open up stuff for Rashad Bateman, but I'm still going to go with Sidham. All right, Noah, do you agree or disagree? I'm with Dean on this one. I am. I think Rashad Bateman's somebody who needs to find his role in the offense. You said what he had four catches for 30 yards, something yes. like that. Yeah, that's this is somebody who, to me, he's going to find his role in the offense. And Lamar Jackson, as we know, that passing offense is much better than it's been in past years this season. But it's not like they're going to always lie heavily on the pass. I mean, we know this crazy run record with 100-plus yards for, what is it, like 47 straight games or something. They're going to run the ball a lot, and so I think Bateman's going to have to wait his turn a little bit. But at some point in the season, maybe I'd start him. Not yet. I don't know if I like this as a start this week, unless you're in a really deep league. Uh, I know personally I'm in a 16-person league, so if he's available there, I might be starting him because I am 
short on bench right on bench players right now, but he probably isn't. Uh, I I'd go I I'd go I agree for this week, but I do think yeah I agree with both of what you're what you've been saying. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a factor in the future, just not at the moment. He can catch balls better than uh, Hollywood Brown, that's for sure. Interesting, interesting. All right, Aiden, I'll start with you on this one. So another wide receiver. This this guy yes, is co- this guy is coming off a week with 17 points. Again, 17 points. He has a matchup against Tampa Bay this week. You could argue he's the number two in the the pecking order here, but he. But this week, do you like Devontae Parker? Ooh, um, that is a good one. I I don't know because on one hand, he's going against Tampa Bay. You said. Yes. No. 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 Excuse me. Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. I was gonna say. Yeah. I didn't think. I didn't yeah. think they were playing. Chicago was playing. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah. On, on on one hand, Atlanta's Atlanta's defense not great. Their their cornerbacks definitely could use some help. I can see him going off, but on the other hand, who is throwing to him? Um, you know, it's just. I, I I'll go with my gut, and I'm gonna say I I'm gonna say start him because I like the matchup against Atlanta too much. Um, he's the best receiver, the best offensive player on a team that's going against a really weak defense. Unless Gaskin decides to go off again, um, I I would probably say I agree with this. Then yeah, All uh, right. sorry I I would start him. Yes, yeah. Dean. What you got? This is also tricky because Jalen Waddle looked really good last week. Oh, stop it! Oh my God, stop yeah, it! No, did. no, no! I am very, I am very against Waddle so far because every time he <laughs> plays, it's like I had twelve Excuse catches me? for sixty-two yards. Like, can you do something other than a bubble screen? My God, go down the field and catch the ball and run to the end zone. Like, my goodness! I know he had two touchdowns, but like, do something down the field for once. I never thought I'd see the day you ranting on an Alabama player. This is it's like she's had, had like two or three games like that already. Excuse me. What? Yes, he has. He, I think he last week no, he had like I, ten I, catches for seventy yards. Boring. But I also think well, Devontae Parker. I was going to say I thought he still played good, but Parker was out last week. Gasecki had a good game too last week. I think now with Devontae Parker coming back, he's going to going to go back to being the main guy on the Dolphins' offense, the number one target. I don't mind Gasecki. I think Gisecki, listen. I still think Gasecki's a solid tight end. Waddle, I still think, is a solid rookie receiver. Jamar Chase is the better receiver, but I'm gonna go with Stardom. I agree with you, Aiden. I'm gonna go with Stardom for Devonte Parker. I think with Parker back, he's gonna, like I say, he's gonna be the main guy again. Um, the question is, who'll be throwing the ball? I think is two. Two is gonna two? play tomorrow. Okay, two is playing tomorrow. I only say that because there's been a lot of speculation going on, but yeah, I'm gonna go Stardom for Devonte Parker. Noah, clearly, I think you made your case that you don't. Oh wait, no, that was on Jalen no, Waddle. Waddle, me, Waddle, I'm like <laughs> kind of low on it right now. I thought he was going to be awesome, but so far he has not really all impressed me all that much. I don't know. On Parker, I think I'd lean start. I mean, I think the reason I'd say that is because a, I'm again not as high on Waddle. Gasicki's really good, but it's like is Will Fuller like allergic to playing football? Like the guy never plays. Seriously, he's just never out there. So it feels like Parker has to step in as the number one a lot, uh, probably more than he should. And so I'd lean start, especially when they're playing that Atlanta defense. But again, this could be a lower scoring game. Miami's offense has been terrible all year. They're not in a rhythm right now. Two has been in and out. So I think I'd lean start, but if somebody sat him, I would not think it's an egregious move. All right, and lastly, Noah, we'll start with you on this one. This player is questionable. He recently came back from an injury, but if he plays against San Francisco, T.Y. Hilton, start or sit? 
Ooh, that's tough. He had four catches for 80 yards. He was looking like he was going to have a nice chemistry with Carson. I would lean start here. I mean, San Francisco's corners are really bad. Like, we've seen their secondary have a lot of issues early in the season. And now that they put Paris Campbell on injured reserve, that's going to open up a lot more opportunities for T.Y. And, and Campbell's been hurt a lot, so you know who knows if he'll back, be back all year. It'll be pretty much him and Michael Pittman, I think, is the two top targets in that in that offense right now. And Carson Wentz, I know you guys thought it was a good fit in Indianapolis. I think it's working out better than anybody could have imagined. Just one interception, I think nine touchdowns through the first six games. So I would lean start with T.Y., but again, he's injury prone. He's still getting into a rhythm in the offense, so I'm not totally sure on that, but I'd lean start. Dean, your thoughts? This is like hit or miss right here. Like, I this could this one could go either way. Man, this is tough. I mean, I, I, this is like, like I thought Devon. No, this is probably the toughest choice. I'm, I'm leaning towards stardom right now. You know, what? I'm going to be generous and say stardom. Um, it's more so for the flex part, more so for flex than like actual like wide receiver one or two. Um, I do th- like you said. No, I think with pa- uh, Paris Campbell heading to IR, it'll definitely open up stuff for Ty. Obviously, Michael Pittman. They also have Michael Pittman, but I still think T.Y. Uh, will be the main guy, should be the main guy. Uh, Carson Wentz, He has Carson Wentz throwing the ball to him. Carson Wentz has looked pretty good this year. Um, I'm still a little upset that they cut Jacob Eason, but that's okay. Um, but I'm going to go with Stardom. I'm going to say Stardom for T.Y. Hilton, and I think this is a week where he uh, breaks out. I'm going to disagree with both of you. I'm going to go – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you, Noah. I don't think that he's going to – play much if at all I think he's still kind of nursing that injury and you also have to remember T.Y. Hilton with Andrew Luck top five top ten maybe receiver in the league T.Y. Hilton without Andrew Luck has never been able to do well it just doesn't work whatever it is he had that connection with Andrew Luck and injuries have plagued him he's just had trouble being being the guy he was a couple of years ago, so I have to go with Sidham. All right, very interesting. So those are the three players. We'll see who was right. So whoever does the best out of that will will be the winner for next week, right? I think that's how we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. let us on the Instagram or anywhere. If, just tell us whether you guys like that version better or the one the way we do it the other, where you each pick a player. So we're trying something new there. All right, let's move on to some of the NFL games this week. So we'll start with one of the more intriguing games this week, 1 o'clock. We have the Chiefs versus the Titans. Aiden, I'm going to start with you on this one. Before before you get into it, I just want to state this. Aiden has had pretty much, he has been dead on with everything he has predicted this year with the Chiefs. In the two games he said he predict, he took them to lost, they lost. So <laughs> Aiden has been I on did. the money with most of his predictions for the Kansas City Chiefs. So Aiden, what do you have? I... Oh, man, you're really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> the Titans played phenomenally against the Bills. I think they played the they played the game they needed to play, and they got lucky at the end. Yes, Dean. But they played the game they needed to play against the Bills. Um, so you have a team that beat the Bills versus a team that got crushed by the Bills. Theoretically, this should go pretty easily in the Titans' favor. Um, do, I, I don't actually know off the top of my head is Julio is Julio going to play? Uh I don't know yet. I'm not sure. I think he's listed as questionable. Okay. So because that that definitely does change a couple of things in my mind. Man, I I it's hard to go against the Chiefs 
But you know the way the way these two teams have been looking, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my gut, and I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have this one. Um, I do think the Titans got a little bit lucky last week, um, and they they did play well against the Bills, and the Chiefs didn't play their best against the Bills. But the Chiefs just haven't played at the level they've needed to play at the whole season. They haven't played at 100%, both injury-wise and just, you know, the way they've looked. So I don't believe that the trend is going to continue. I can't believe that the trend is going to continue. So Chiefs. And score, I think it'll be close, probably somewhere around the line of uh, uh, 27-24 or something like that. I don't think it's going to be the highest scoring, but you do have two bad defenses, so you never know. True, true. Um, this is also a, this is a really tough game. Uh, and the thing is also, Aiden, you mentioned with the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs' run defense has been abysmal this year. And Hopefully now, and they get Chris Jones back tomorrow. And now they're playing Derrick Henry, who, if Chris Jones, first of all, no, if Chris Jones does not come back tomorrow and they are playing Derrick Henry, that is a absolute nightmare for the Kansas City Chiefs' yes, D-line, right? That is... Um, you might get to a thousand tomorrow against that Chiefs run Honestly, defense. Honestly, I think with that run defense, especially without Chris what Jones, seven eighty three. Yeah. Honestly, with that, anyways, I was gonna say honestly, at this pace, if he, if, at this point, if he doesn't play against Chris Jones and against that run defense, <clears throat> he probably could get a thousand tomorrow. Or yeah, I, wow. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Titans. Uh, Titans. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I do think the Titans got a little fortunate last week, and trust me, it's me being a little biased. Um, but I also do think the little slip at the end hurt them. Uh, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs on this one. I think the Chiefs find their groove. I got Kansas City, and there's only one reason. I think the Titans right now are playing better. But at the same time, can you feed Derrick Henry the amount that you want to if Mahomes is throwing the ball over your head time and time again? It's like you can't really commit to the run if you don't. If you, if it just if it's not gonna work, right? Like you you need to be in the game to run the football, and we know Mahomes is gonna score a lot of points on you. So that's my biggest concern. If Henry gets the ball enough, they'll probably win the game. But if he doesn't, I don't really see them winning. I don't want to put the game in, in Tannehill's hands. So I would lean Kansas City slightly, but I could totally see it going the Titans' way. Yeah. You, I will just say, you, you saw that happen two years ago in the AFC Championship game. Derrick Henry was bulldozing everybody to get the Titans there. And then Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs come in. And they're just launching it deep downfield, and you can't rely on Derrick Henry anymore once you're down 24 to nothing. So, Yeah, I am going to go with the Titans in this one, though. I think this game will rely a lot on who gets off to a good start. If the Titans can, the Titans defense can step up a little bit and hold, and hold the Chiefs down for a few minutes, allow the Titans and Derrick Henry to do what he does, get the lead, and you can control the tempo of the game. So I like the Titans in this one. I'll say final score, Titans 31, Chiefs 28. All right, let's move on to another game. Now, this game is not great on paper, I would say, but I do like the story going, going into it, so let's talk about it. This is a double QB revenge game. So we have Matt Stafford and the L.A. Rams going up against Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Stafford better watch his kneecaps. I know, for real. <laughs> so both teams, both quarterbacks playing against their old team, they were traded for each other. Who do you think needs to win this game more so? I mean, Jared Goff, I mean, Stafford, obviously he was disappointed with how everything turned out in Detroit, and and it wasn't, and it, and he never really had a great success. Now he's with the Rams, and he's doing great. And for Goff, Goff experienced a lot of success. They made it to a Super Bowl, 
and then they kind of dumped him, and J- and Sean McVay didn't really believe him believe in him anymore. So who do you think has more riding on this game? I think the Rams do. I mean, there's no question. I mean, they're. I mean, if you think about the division that they play in, right? You've got this week. You've got the Texans playing against the undefeated Cardinals. So the Cardinals are going to win that game probably by 25, 25 points. They're going to go seven and zero almost certainly. The Rams are five and one. They need to keep pace in the division as a game back. They need to win this week against an un. Uh, un- or not undefeated, winless Lions team, 0-6. And, and I think if I'm the Lions, I'm kind of heading towards the Kayvon Thibodeau route where I'm like, i got to lose as many games as I can to get the first pick. So the storylines are fun, but the result is a lot more meaningful for the Rams than it is for Detroit. I mean, they got to lose a lot more games to keep up the pace for that number one pick, and the Rams just have to stay right in the thick of things where they are in the NFC. Um. First of all, I feel bad for the Lions. I mean, they've been they've been in a lot of close games this year. Yeah, they've played hard too. for a bad. Like, game. It's, it's, like it's not like they've, they're a really bad zero and six. Like this is an zero and six that, that's actually competitive. That's been. Broke. I, I think I said this two weeks ago. They're the best like zero and four team I think I've ever yeah. seen. You said that. Yeah, and, they've been and, close and in a lot of games with that as, as zero and six. I mean, they've lost two games on. They lost a game on a record-setting sixty-six yard field goal. Think of how different we'd be th- talking about them, right? If, if if Justin Tucker misses that field goal, how different is the Ravens' season in our minds, right? Uh, and then against the Lions, uh, the Vikings. sorry, the Vikings too, which was what fifty, fifty-five. The worst part was they got a turnover. They scored to go up with a minute to go, and then Kirk Cousins just like that drove down the field and won them the game. This is a more important game for the Rams. I mean, Detroit, like you said, Noah Kayvon Thibodeau, um, and he's a, I think he's gonna be a generational talent. The guy's insane. Uh, and this is a game for the Rams. You know, if you lose, you're going to get also a lot of criticism. You are going to not hear the end of it. You're going to be two games back of an, to an undefeated team. So I'm going to. I think the Rams need this one. I think Stafford's motivated. I'm going to go with the Rams. You know, I, I do think the Rams have this one easily in the bag. However, the stage is perfectly set for one of those. You, you get this every season. No, you get this every season. You have the team that. Not should not even be in the conversation to win a game uh, up against a team that is a Super Bowl favorite. We see it every year. We saw uh, we, there was the Raiders over the Chiefs last year and the Jets over both of the teams they beat. Um, you know, God help all Jets fans. <laughs> we beat the Titans yeah. too, um, and we beat the Titans this year. Yeah, and the Titans this year. Like there, there, it, it happens every year, and I feel like the the narrative is just too perfect for the for the Lions to not win this one. You have the guy that LA just gave up on after spending a first overall or their yeah, last first round last, pick. Their last first round pick. He was the first overall, right? They took him yes. before went. Uh the first overall pick on him. They shipped him away, spent a lot to bring in this new guy, Matt Stafford, who's had a phenomenal season. I think he'll have a good game, but Look, just just the storyline for this game is telling me everything. It's telling me I'm going with the Lions, and this might come back to bite me. But if it doesn't, you guys, you guys all, you <laughs> mark my words. Uh, this this is going to be a surprising game. Dan Campbell. If the, Ly- if the Lions win, I I don't even know what, what I'm going to yeah, do. It's going to be interesting. So both QBs with something on the line in that one. So. Even though it's like a big should be a big mismatch, it does have an entertaining storyline. So I thought we should go over it. All right, another game. This game I have my eyes on. This game can be very intriguing. The five and one Ravens against their divisional opponent, the four and two Bengals. The battle for first battle for first place in that division. Lamar Jackson has been 
unbelievable so far this season. Who do you guys like? I like the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals are playing really well. They are. They're fun. They are a fun watch. They are. I mean, Jamar Chase, I mean, that guy is amazing. And all the narratives about, oh, he can't catch, they're all but gone now. Tyler Boyd is playing at a really high level. Joe Mixon, we know, is really good. And Burrow, again, like, he is really coming to his own in year two. I know the results haven't always been pretty, but they're coming off a really good win last week over the Lions where they pretty much dominated them. That was really the only game that the Lions have been blown out in for the most part. And so I, I, I think the Bengals are going to go into Baltimore and win. I think the Baltimore Ravens have gotten lucky in a lot of these games. I think they're playing at a level that's really high, but at the same time, they beat the Colts in a game they probably should have lost. They probably should have lost a Lions game. I think at some point they're going to lose one that they probably shouldn't, and this might be the week that they do it. I I don't believe in the Bengals as much. I, I think it's it's amazing that they've at this they're at this point in the season. But I mean, overtime field goal win against the Vikings, lost to the Bears, the Bears, right? Uh, you know, beat the pretty bad Steelers, beat the Jags on a last minute field goal, lost to the Packers in a game that they probably should have won, but again would have been on an overtime field goal, and then crushed the Lions of all teams. It's the Lions, like I just like we were just talking about. They they have no business being in a lot of these games. Uh, the Ravens' resume has looked a lot better, a- again, outside of that Lions near loss. I'm going to go with the Ravens. It's yeah, The Bengals are good, but it's weak opponents. I, I do think the Bengals are legit. I do th- As a playoff team, not a Super Bowl contender, as a playoff team. Uh, you could argue they could have beat the Packers. I think they definitely could have beat the Packers that game, even though the Packers did win. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I do think, however, they're going to split the season series. So when they play in Cincinnati, I'm going to go with the Bengals. But right now, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens keep up their hot streak. You can argue they are due to lose one. I mean, they've been in many close games that have benefited them, such as the Lions, the Colts game, uh, Chiefs too, especially the turnover at the end of Week Two. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Ravens at home. Yeah, I like the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's been too good as good as of late, and the, their veteran running backs are starting to pick it up. Looks like Devontae Freeman's going to start tomorrow. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be their primary guy. The him, Murray, Bell. Bell made the 53-man roster, so good to see that. But I like the Ravens in this game. I think it's going to be 35-28 Ravens, so I like that score. All right, let's move on. We're going to, to wrap up. We're going to do our winners and losers. I'll start. I'll, I have a winner, I guess. Um, my winner is just sports fans in general because I always say, I've said this to Noah before, to me, October is the best month to be a sports fan. You have playoff baseball, the NBA is back, the NFL is in full swing, and even and, and hockey is back as well. So this is the best month to be a sports fan. I always love, I always love sports in October. It always feels epic. So sports fans are my winner. My loser of the week are the Boston Celtics. Celtics have been disgraceful to start the season. I mean, Jason Tatum in the first game goes 7 of 30 against the Knicks in that double overtime game. And Jalen Brown all but almost made up for it, but they couldn't win in double overtime. And then last night, they got in a game they should have won, the they go to Toronto and they lose by almost 40? 115 to 83? Yeah, I mean, it was a blowout. And another bad game from Tatum. He didn't play particularly well last night either. So I think the Boston Celtics, 0-2 start, very concerning for whatever reason. They have not played up to standard at this point, and we'll see if they break out and find it at some point. But that would be two years in a row where they have disappointed in more ways than one, and that has to be concerning for all Boston sports fans. Yeah, I'd say they're the most disappointing team in basketball right now, without a question. Um, I was going to say a loser, but it may be I'm going to – 
I'm gonna lay, lay low on it. I'm gonna just gonna hands off my winner. You can say the Lakers. No, 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 not someone. Not it's not even close to the okay. Lakers. Never mind. My my, I'm gonna go with the winner. Um, we, I didn't say last time because we had fall break. I'm gonna say Tyson Fury for defeating Deontay Wilder, become the undisputed champion. Uh, he wished Deontay Wilder a happy birthday video the other day. <laughs> like he went on Instagram, he said, "I just want to say to my good friend, happy birthday." So, uh, props to Tyson Fury for being classy and uh, for being the undisputed champion. Uh, I'm gonna go with the winner. It's a sport we don't talk about a lot. Uh, Formula One. I know you, none of you guys follow it, but uh, there's a Grand Prix today or qualifying for it today. Tomorrow's the race, and it's gonna be in the U.S. Uh, F1 has been really trying to build that U.S. fan base. Having the U.S. races are always fun to watch. It's going to be 5 o'clock is qualifying today on ESPN U probably, and then the race tomorrow at 3 p.m. on ESPN. So getting, like, some actual time because a lot of their races, they just get, you know, 8 or 9 a.m. Uh, live wherever it is 12 hours away from here. So uh, go F1 if you're, if you're a fan of F1. Tune in. It's going to be fun. ESPN U today, I think. Yeah, all right, so there's our winners and losers. That's all the time we have today. This has been another edition of Agree to Disagree. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Check us out on Spotify. If there's a social media platform, Agree to Disagree is probably on it. All right, that's all we got. Jack Asello, Noah Schwartz, Aiden Jard, and Dean Gutick signing off. Have a good day, everybody.